you for being here today. Obviously, you see that Gabe's not here. Um, his dad went on to be with the Lord, and so um, he, we need to be praying for him and his family, his mom. Uh, just, you know, that's what we need to do. As family, we need to be supporting and, and uh, encouraging one another no matter what we face. It's, it's so important that we realize that we don't have to do any of this alone. God is always there, but it's nice to know our brothers and sisters are there too. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, we're continuing on in the series that, that God had shared, put on my heart, about life's best guide. Um, this week I was, I was uh, studying and preparing and just sitting and uh, being still before God, just listening. Um, and, I, you know, sometimes I have these songs that kind of get stuck in my head. You ever have that happen? And uh, this was an oldie but a goodie. Uh, it was the Beatles song, Help. And there was a certain portion of it that just kept going over and over in my mind. And, and the words are, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. Now, I have to tell you, that, that was very true of me in my younger days. Um, and it's been a transition for me to recognize I need people's help. But it goes on to say, but now those days are gone and I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and I've opened up the doors. And it says, help me. And, you know, this week I was, I was just kind of, when that song kept going over and over, and I'm like, God, help me get this out of my head. And, and then I realized this week there, are, there have been a variety of times I have needed help. And some of them I reached out. And honestly, some of them I didn't. I tried to do it on my own. And I don't think that's different for any of us, that... I think as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have a real propensity to be there to help somebody else, but we have a real aversion to asking somebody to help us. Anybody here besides me kind of feel that way, struggles with, I'm there for you, let me help you, but when it comes to me needing help, I'm, I'm hesitant to ask because I don't want to put somebody else out. But... You know, if people treated me that way and said, I, I, you know, I don't want to bother you, I don't want to put you out, then I'd never be able to fulfill what God has for me to fulfill, just like you. And that's where we've got to realize that we all need help. But in our, the world we live in, in some instances and cases, uh, for us to let somebody know we need help, it can color their perspective of us. It can affect how they, they view us, that maybe we look weak in their, their estimation or their view or, or we're not as whatever, and we get concerned about that. And, and that's where, whether we realize it or not, the Bible is really clear about the fact that we all need help. The Bible says none of us can do any of this alone. We're part of a body. We're connected with Christ, and we need not only the Lord, we need each other. And uh, we need help in this lifetime. Uh, no matter what's going on, there's always going to be a need for help. But how many of you know that you can ask the wrong person to help you? <laughs> you found that out? There have been people that have asked me to help build things. I want you to know that's the wrong thing to ask me. I do not have a gift of building. I do have a gift of breaking. 
So if you need demolition done, I can do that. Um, and, and, and so you got to ask the right people. I, I, at one point in my life when I had bought a car, first, uh, the first car I ever bought, it was a standard. And I had to, at one point, I had to replace, have the clutch replaced. And I didn't have the money to have the clutch replaced. I had just enough money to buy the clutch. And I was, I was, I had bought a book. Whoa, nice reaction. <laughs> yeah, I had bought a book, you know, everything you needed to know about how to put a clutch in. And, and I couldn't even understand the book. And I was, I was looking at it. This was during one of my summer jobs. I was looking at it, and one of the guys where I worked, which was the sewage department in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, came over to me and he said, well, what are you looking at that for? I say, I have, I've got a problem with my clutch. He said, I do clutches all the time. I'll help you. I thought, great. And so I didn't know. Obviously, he knew more than I did. And this guy proceeded to help me. Kind of. <laughs> he, he showed me all the things to take apart. We were under the car together. And, and, and he had some tools I didn't have and... When it was all said and done, long story short, uh, we, we put the clutch in, we got everything buttoned up. There were a few extra parts, but he said it didn't matter. <laughs> True story. And, and I believed him. <laughs> and I drove off. And I paid for it later. But, you know, he wasn't the best help. He, he, he could guide me to a degree, but he wasn't the best guide. If we're going to be guided, we need the best. And there's only one who is the best at everything. And who is that? That's right. We're in church. It's got to be God. But it is. Whether we're in church or anywhere else, that's the truth. And today we're going to talk about more about um, life's best guide and how he helps us. How he helps us learn what we need to learn. And, and it's every day. It's not just... Okay, I'm here on Sunday. Download, God. You know, I need this download right now. Just impart to me what I need. God will do that. And God will do that today for you. He's got something to download, something to impart to you today here. But it's not just exclusively here. It's every day, everywhere. If you and I are willing to do what, what we, we sang about Holy Spirit, we, we need to become more aware of your presence, experience more of his, his goodness. It's not just a Sunday morning situation. It's an every day, everywhere, all the time. But it's up to us whether I'm going to be as open and receptive to God on Monday as I am on Sunday morning or whenever. But that's where we have to choose. And we've talked about choices. We choose life or death, blessings or curses. And, and nobody can do it for us but us. And this morning I am going to pray, but you're going to have to choose. Do you want to hear from God? And if you do, invite him to speak to you. Whatever. Don't leave anything off the table. Nothing's out of bounds for God to speak to you because whatever he's going to speak to you is what you need to hear. And, and it will help. It may not be comfortable. It may not be easy, but it will help us transition and transform into what God has for us to be, a better version of us. 
the way God has planned for us to be. Amen? So let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Lord, we're, we're so grateful that you have promised us where two or more are gathered, you are there. So you're here, but you're everywhere. You're always there, and yet we go without because we forget or we become distracted or disoriented and don't look to you and listen for you and receive from you. But today, Father, we are requesting of you your participation. Father, speak to our hearts and our minds, our lives, our circumstances and situations. Help us to recognize what you have for us, the abundant life, the victory, the, the provision and power you make available to us everywhere in everything so that we can walk in a way that would honor you and reveal you. And we thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God that's in us. Father, I ask that you would use me today in a way that would build up your bride, the body of Christ, and encourage and exhort uh, to cause us to be all you have for us to be and do all you have for us to do. And I thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So we, we last week we, we saw in John chapter 16 um, in verse 7 that Jesus said, he was telling his disciples, I, I'm going to go away, but I'm, I'm going to do the best thing for you. Uh, and, and the best thing for you is that I'll leave, and when I leave, I can send the Holy Spirit. Now, they didn't understand it. It didn't sound like it was the best thing. How could he leave and that be the best thing? But how many of you know God always does the best thing for us? Now, whether we receive it or not is on us, but he's always got the best prepared for you and me. And so he said that, and then in John chapter 16, verse 13, we read this, but we're, we're reading this in the New Living Translation. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. Now, what do we know about truth? What, what, what does the Bible say? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, we, we looked a while back, we looked at the fact that uh, where there's not truth or where there's deception, there's what? Loss. And so this says, well, the spirit of truth will come and he'll guide us into all truth. In the days we live in, we know these are the last days. And the Bible says in the last days, deception will be rampant. And it is. Have you noticed that? Man, there is so much deception going on and we don't even know the full extent of it. We're, we're all deceived to one degree or another. But the only way we can move out of that deception is to have the light of truth in our lives. That the truth that the Spirit of God will bring to us and will guide us in will keep us from being more and more enveloped in deception. Or we could say darkness. And we don't even know it. What happens when you walk into a dark room from a bright, you know, outside day? You can't see, but what ends up happening? Yeah, your eyes adjust. We, we acclimate to it, and it becomes now something that we can operate in. We can, we can walk around because we can see. Maybe not real well, but we can see some. And we just get used to that. You know, we're getting used to a lot of things that we shouldn't be used to. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There are a lot of things that are bringing darkness towards us and we're just acclimating to it instead of stepping out of it. And the only way we step out of it is to step into truth, step into the guidance of Holy Spirit. And that's where it's important that we 
we recognize that Holy Spirit is a guide. Just like we've learned, God, is God going to force anybody to do anything? No, absolutely not. So the only thing he's got is he's got the opportunity, if we give it to him, for him to guide us, to govern us, and to guard us. But if we choose to disregard God, then we're kind of out there on our own. Not because God's abandoned us, but because we've pushed God back. God will never leave you or forsake you, but God will not force on you or me or anyone anything. And that's where we have to recognize it's so important that we yield to God. We submit to God. Now, when I talk about yielding and submitting to someone, it, it usually in us uh, kind of has something rise up in us. Well, you know, I want to control my life. Nobody here has that challenge? We all do. We're human beings. One of the things that we want to do is we want to be in control. Because we think if we're in control, things will go better. <laughs> well, we used to believe that, some of us. And we've come to find out that's not true. But we still, that's our default. We want to control. But us controlling something is just an illusion. We can't control the Bible says you're gonna, you can't serve two masters. Bob Dylan had a song, you're going to serve somebody. And, and in the song he says, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And there's a truth there. Those are the only two that it ends up being. We're going to either serve God or we're going to serve the enemy. And when the enemy gets involved, what's he do? He deceives us. He's there to steal, kill, and destroy if God is the one that, that we're serving, Jesus came to give us what? Life and life more abundant. So that's that going back to what we read in Deuteronomy 30. Uh, God gives us a choice. Choose this day between blessings and curses, life and death. Those are the choices we have, one or the other. And so we've got to be really intentional and aware of what we're choosing and we need input. We need help in the choices that we make because we don't see everything as fully and completely as God does. And we don't know everything that God does. So we need the guide, the Holy Spirit to guide us. And, and that word guide, uh, there are words that are associated with the definition, uh, advisor, counselor, mentor, teacher, helper, or expert. How many of you know if you've got a situation, you don't want just kind of like the guy that helped me with the clutch. You don't want just somebody who knows something about something. You want somebody who knows everything about something. Right? You want an expert. Now, we, we talk about experts in our society, but there's only one true expert. The one who knows everything about everything. And who is that? That's right. And we have. It, it would be one thing if God being the expert was available to only one or two people and only, you know, for four hours a day. But that's why Jesus said, I'm going to do something that's best for you. I'm going to go away. Because if, if Jesus were still here on the earth, not all of us could get access to him all the time because we'd be in line. And how many of you love lines? Just can't wait to get in that next line, looking for the longest one. 
But that's why I said it's, it's, it's to your benefit. I'm doing the best thing for you. I'm going away so the Holy Spirit can come and he will come and not just be somebody that you can get to. He's going to live in you. What a plan. Seriously. God living in people? Who thought of that? Only God. But he has the best plan. He always does. You know, we need an expert. We need people that are guiding us that know more than we do. And uh, in, in the building of this building, we had people that may not have been experts, but they were really good at what they did. There was one man who did the electrical. He knew about electrical, and, and he had people that helped him. There were people that did sheetrock, and there were people like moi that, that helped with the sheetrock until they ran me off. They, they tried to teach me what to do, and I just, you know, I, I tried. But every time I would drive that screw into the edge of the sheetrock, I'd break the edge off. And they finally said, look, why don't you go help them? <laughs> and so I, I, got, I got kind of moved around, um, and, and I finally ended up working with John Banks. John Banks was, was a person who was, uh, I don't know if he was a master mason at that point, but he, he was so knowledgeable and, and so experienced. And he's the one that poured these floors. He's the one that built up the blocks high enough that we could put these trusses on. He and his wife did the outside, the drive it, all of that. John laid the tile. John did, thanks, Bob. John did the rocks. And I helped. But I want you to know, John was really patient. <laughs> and, and many times in the course of our working together, I would try and help. And he would end up saying, oh, pastor. <laughs> we would cut tiles. And I saw him and he told me how to cut them. And I cut some and I brought them to him. And he was like, oh, pastor. It was good we had a lot of extra. <laughs> and, and whatever it was, it was, but he was so patient. He, he not only told me what to do, he explained why and, and helped me understand. And, and I think he was expecting that after this, this kind of job was done, I would retain that and I would continue to be able to pass that on. But I want you to know I didn't. <laughs> Um, but it was, it was amazing because here he was so knowledgeable and I had zero knowledge about this stuff, but he took the time and he helped me to be a help. Help me to do something that would be helpful to somebody else, not just him. But I think every one of you walked over the tiles when you came in this morning. Now, that was really due to John, but I helped. And that's where we've got to realize that God, as much as I helped John, John helped me. And we've got to realize that God wants to use us, each one of us, to help with his plan, his purposes in the earth. But he's going to help us be a help. And... and that's something that if we, don't, if we don't recognize that, we're going to try really hard. And I think all of us have done this. You know, I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying, I'm trying. And, and I, we just keep falling down. We keep falling short. 
And yet, what we need to do is turn and trust. Because if we're going to be guided, we've got to trust. And, and if we don't trust, how can we be guided? Is that true? If a guide is a guide and we don't trust them, we're not going to yield to the guide. You know, I was, I was online and I was looking at my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, uh, who is in Boston at International Family Church. He's doing a, uh, he did a, um, a message uh, and it was about uh, how, well, let me, let me see if I can find this. Hold on. It's okay. It's all right. I, I'm, I'm not going to get flustered by this. Okay. The message was, are you a believer who believes in a God that you no longer trust? Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. But we're supposed to trust God. But many times we don't. If we really trusted God, would we turn to God? Would we listen for God? Would we ask of God? Or are we trusting ourselves or something or someone else? You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. With how much of your heart? Everything. Everything. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't rely on your resources. Acknowledge him or... Or turn to him and invite him to, to address you and, and input to you, and he'll direct your steps. How many of you know we need God's direction? Man, we do. We need God's direction desperately, more desperately than we realize. And yet, how often do we really ask for help? How often do we really pause when we need to make a decision or or understand something, and we go to the one that has the answer. You know, we, 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 we realize that we're supposed to be guided into all truth, but we hesitate because maybe we don't trust God. But listen, God has these omni-characteristics. You know those omni-things about God, right? He's omnipresent. What does that mean? He's present everywhere all the time. Okay, so who else can do that? No one you know, no one I know. You know, God, God can do that. He's omnipotent. All-powerful. All-powerful. He's all-powerful. No one is as powerful as God. Is that true? All right, so God's everywhere all the time. He is all-powerful, more powerful than anyone else, and he's omniscient. What does, what does omniscient mean? Anybody know? All-knowing. He's all-knowing, all-wise. He has all-knowledge. So... The one that is there to guide us is everywhere all the time. He's all-powerful. None is as powerful as him, and he knows everything. Why wouldn't we trust him? 
we're, we're deceived. We're deceived. And that's where we've got to realize that we've got to make some adjustments in our ways of doing things. And it's going to be radically different than what we've always done. And so in, in this, we, we realize that we've got to turn to him and we've got to trust him because he's there to help. Now, in John chapter 14, uh, verse 7, 16 and 17, it says this. And, and Jesus is, is speaking, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you how long? Forever. Another helper. Now, when it says another, that word another is a very specific word. It means another in number, but exactly the same in kind. Okay? So it's the same kind, but just an additional one. How many of you know that the Trinity, they're all one? That's right. And so Jesus was saying, you know, I'm going to send, when I go, I'm going to send the helper. The Father's going to send the helper. He's going to be just like me, but in addition in number. He'll be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and will be where? There's a difference between living with somebody and somebody being in you. Right? And so God has made a provision for us that is absolutely supernatural. He's put his super on our natural. He's come to dwell in us. The God of creation has come to dwell in us. I'm telling you, if we just sat here for the next half an hour and just meditated on that, that could radically change our lives. It could radically change the way we face things. It would radically change the way we do things. If we really began to get a grasp on the fact that Almighty God lives in us, He dwells in us, He's never going to leave us or forsake us, He's there all the time, you don't have a lack of anything. I don't have a lack of anything no matter what I face. Because God's there. And it's not just that God's there and he's there to keep an eye on you and, and, and correct you when you get out of line. He's there to help. The helper. He's the helper. Again, when we look at this and we realize that, that this is a specific thing, God is wanting to help us, um, it changes everything. If we're willing to be humble enough to say, God, I need help. You know, we have a, a hesitancy to, to ask for help, but God is waiting. He is wanting us to, to ask him for his help. He's going to live in you. He'll be in you. And in verse 26, it says, However, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. He will remind you of everything that I have ever told you. He'll teach you everything. Does that mean you, you have no need for anybody else? No, because the Spirit of God will teach you, but he'll teach you through using other people. He'll teach you directly, but he'll also teach you indirectly as he works through other people. And that's where we've, we've got to realize 
there is such a gold mine. There is such a resource. And yet, honestly, seriously, right now, I, I, just, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to just concentrate on you and your walk with God. And I'm going to ask you this question. Are you really accessing and aware and interactive with Holy Spirit as much as you could be? Now, I know, you can open up your eyes. I know that the answer for every one of us is no. But that's where, if we realize it, if you have available to you resources, and in your life you run into situations where there's great need, and you don't access the resources, then what's happening is a result of your choice. The lack, the, the struggle, the fear, all of those things are a result of our choice because we're not accessing, we're not, we're not utilizing what's available. God, God has given us, the Bible says God's given you and me everything that pertains to life and godliness. And that's coming through the person of Holy Spirit, the helper. He's there to help, but are we turning to him? And so there are things that Holy Spirit will help us every day, everywhere, daily help us with. And yet, I, for me, I go without it because I'm not recognizing or I'm not accessing and, and requesting of God what I could. And so I've made a determination this message is not something that I'm just giving to you. This is something that I've had to process and I'm looking to adjust my life towards so that I'm living. The Bible says if we say we live in the Spirit, we should also walk in the Spirit. Man, we should be Spirit-led people. If we're led by the Spirit, then we're the sons and daughters of God. So what is it that Holy Spirit will help us with? Well, the first thing that we're going to talk about is he's going to help us know what we need to know. How many of you know you need to know? You know? Right? And, and so he's going to help us every day know what we need to know. But he's the only one that knows what we need to know, not what we want to know, what we need to know to be able to walk in victory, walk in the abundant life every day. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, in the Amplified, it says this. But on the contrary, as the scripture says, eye is not seen. Okay, so nobody's seen. Ear is not heard, so nobody's heard. And has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, and gratefully recognizing the benefits he bestows. Now, when we see this, that's not encouraging. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, it hasn't entered into our hearts, the things that God has prepared. What's he doing? Is he playing a game? Is he holding things back from us like Adam and Eve thought when the devil tempted them to think, you know what, you're not getting everything that, that you should have. No. But this is, this is extraordinary revealing to us that we aren't going to know it, we're not going to see it, we're not going to hear it just on our own. The things that God has prepared, and how many of you know the things that God has prepared for you 
are amazing. They're awesome. They're beyond anything you could imagine or dream. God wants to do better than all of that. But if that's the case, if I can't imagine it, I can't dream it, I hasn't seen it, ear hasn't heard it, hasn't entered in my heart, how am I going to walk in this? Well, the next verse tells us. In verse 10, it goes on to say, But on the contrary, I'm sorry, yet to us God has unveiled and revealed them. To who? To all his children. This is available to everybody. He's revealed them to us and unveiled them by and through his spirit. It says this, for the spirit searches diligently exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and the things that are hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. So he's, he's bringing to us what's beyond us, what we can't get on our own. And he's willing to do that, but he won't force it on us. And how does he do it? He does it by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the one that unveils and reveals. He pulls the curtain back on things that are too much for us on our own and in our own ability and in the wisdom of man to understand. How many of you know that's valuable? It's priceless. And it says that he searches diligently, exploring and examining everything. You can't face something that the Spirit of God hasn't already explored and examined and knows fully and knows how to guide you through to the end that God has for you. Just in that, in the times we live in, the times we live in are so uncertain. They change so fast. So many things are happening. And yet we don't have to be uncomfortable or afraid or, or stressed about any of it because whatever we face, when we face it, God's right there with us. All we have to do is stop and turn to God. The Bible says, if you ask, it'll be given. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open to you. But are we asking, are we seeking, are we knocking? Or where are we asking? Where are we seeking? Where are we knocking? Because if we ask from God, he's going to unveil and reveal these things. And, and what is he going to reveal? The divine counsels. Psalm 73, verse 23 and 24. This isn't going to be up here. But, but Psalm 73, verse 23 and 24, it talks about how God is continually with us. He holds us by our right hand. And that he will guide us with his counsels. How many of you know God's counsels are always right? You'll never be deceived. You'll never walk in anything but victory. Now, it doesn't mean you aren't going to walk in battles. You're going to have battles. You're going to have, have all sorts of temptations, tests, and trials. But in all of those, you have God with you to walk you through it. That you won't be overcome by it. But you'll overcome it. And then, then it says... And the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. That, that's indicating that 
when, when the Spirit of God guides us, when he reveals these things, when he unveils these things, man, we're going to, people are going to take notice. They're going to look at you and say, Taylor, how'd you know that? Bob, how'd you know that? Linda, how'd you know that? It, it happened with the disciples. In Acts chapter 4, after, after the day of Pentecost, when they were out there and they were witnessing to all those people, the people got saved, and it says they, they noticed the disciples, they were uneducated, untrained men, and yet they had been with Jesus. The effect of, of being with him and allowing Jesus to guide them and, and download into them caused them to have wisdom that was not of them. Oh, well, that's just the Bible. That's just in those days. No, it's for today. This is for you. Every one of you. If we choose to turn to and trust in and allow God to guide us, if we yield to him, if, if we submit to him, if we search for him, if we surrender to him, you know? And, and what do we need to know? What are the things we need to know daily? Romans chapter 8, verse 16, one of the first things we need to know, we need to be confident in. The Spirit himself testifies or affirms together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are what? The children of God. Now, we live in a fallen world. Families aren't what they're supposed to be, all right? We have all experienced things in our families that is not what God wants, but we've experienced some things that it is what God wants, hopefully. But when, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out the way it was supposed to be was parents were supposed to be looking out for their children. Children were supposed to be submitted to their parents. There was supposed to be a real trust and a real unity that would cause a strength to come to families that would be able to overcome anything that came at them. But families are fractured. A lot of families are really fractured in this world. And, and when we recognize that we're children of God and that God loves us, and God has the best for us all the time, there is never a moment in time we ever have to be afraid. There is never a moment in time we have to panic. How different would that be for most people every day? But that's the first thing. Holy Spirit is always going to remind you. If you stop and you pause and you say, you know what, I just need to know. Holy Spirit, do you want to tell me anything? A lot of times he'll let you know you're loved by God. And many times we will reject that because, well, I just made that up. I just want to be loved by God. You are loved by God. God wants you to build that into yourself so strongly. And Holy Spirit is there to affirm that and, and reinforce that all the time so that you know that whatever you face, you're not facing it on your own with your own resources. You're part of God's family. You're a child of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ, your resources are equal to Jesus' resources. Are, are you guys getting this? I'm hoping this is sinking in. It's, it, that's the first thing, assuring us that we're children of God. You know, he'll, he'll, 
Holy Spirit will give us information about our lives. You know, so many people say, I wish I knew why I was here. Why am I here? Why am I here? Don't look around out there. Listen for what the Spirit of God wants to bear witness in you about. What will he really tell me? In Luke chapter 2, there's a man by the name of Simeon. All right? And, and Simeon, verse 26, uh, it says, And it had been revealed to him, Simeon, uh, by the Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Is God going to just do that for Simeon? No. But listen, understand this. If we aren't serious about wanting to know what God has for us, he's not going to tell us. The Bible says when we seek him diligently, we'll find him. When we seek him with our whole heart. You know, I found in my life when, when I needed knowledge or information or understanding in a situation and and. I wanted it, but it wasn't a priority. I would pray when I was driving. I would, I would listen for God or in the, the shower. But I wouldn't give him prime territory in my life. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? It was not a priority. I was fitting him in where I could, where it was convenient. And many times when that happened, I didn't hear. Because it wasn't with my whole heart. It wasn't diligently. But I can tell you every time that I have sought God and made it a priority, God has made me aware, not of always what I wanted to know, but I will tell you it's always made me aware of what I needed to know. Which most of the time wasn't as much as I wanted. Do you understand that? That there was information that God would give me, knowledge, understanding that God would give me, but it wasn't everything I wanted because I wanted it all because if I had it all, then I wouldn't have to walk in faith. And we always have to walk in faith. So God reveals to Simeon, hey, you're not going to die be, until you see the Lord's Christ. Now, Simeon's just a guy, just like you and me, just somebody. And God revealed that to him. He, God will reveal to you what you need to know, but it's going to be by the Spirit, and it's got to be that we really want to know what God wants us to know, not what we want to know. Then in Peter, in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, God gave Peter a vision. And as Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. God's giving him information on that day that these three guys are coming to see him. And God goes on in, in, in the next verse, by the Spirit of God, he explains to him and lets him know that this is of God, he needs to go with them. Now this is a supernatural way of living, but it's only for Peter. I hope you fight. I hope you push back on that and say, no, no, it's not just for Peter. This is what God has for all of us. Every one of us. God has for us to be informed. He'll help us know what we need to know. Did Peter need to know the three guys were, were seeking him? 
He did because he was supposed to go with them. He not only needed to know that these three guys were seeking him, but he needed to go with them because this was God. It's an amazing thing when you get around people that really have adjusted their lives to a constant intimacy with the Holy Spirit an interaction with the helper. He's not somebody that they just call on when things get bad. He's somebody that they are constantly... There was a man that came to Rome, did a, a, a series of revival um, meetings, Peter Youngren. This was years and years and years ago. And, and I had... A, I don't know why, but I had the opportunity to sit with him just off to the side before one service started... And he was telling me how the Spirit of God would, would speak things to him and guide him. And, and I was, I don't know what it was, but I know it was the Spirit of God that I was very aware of God's presence whenever I was around this man. And, and the reason why was he was very determined to live his life walking by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And it was it was the, the, the meetings were amazing. The messages were, were really good. But just how God used him because he was available and willing and determined to do that. There, there are all sorts of people that this happens to, and you can be one of them. This is not an exclusive thing. This is an all-inclusive thing. The only one that excludes us is us. Now, I would love to say that I, I, you know, like Peter Youngren or some of these other people that, that I've gotten to know, I, I walk in the Spirit all the time. I don't. I want to. I, this is for this year, for 2021 and beyond, this has been the determination that I believe God, if I'm going to reveal the Son in 2021, the only way I'm going to do it is by the Spirit. It's going to be the Spirit working in me. And I want to have Holy Spirit guiding me. And so that means I have to depart from my regular mode of operation, doing what I've always done the way I've always done it. And I'm finding that, you know, I've seen in my life where God has, has guided Debbie and me. God had let us know. We were guided by God to know that the job that I was in, we were supposed to leave. Was it anything that we were thinking about? No. Was it anything we wanted? Not at that time. And yet, Holy Spirit had, had nudged us, both of us, and, and gotten, it was almost like, you know, we're, we're walking through life. How many of you know sometimes you get focused on things right in front of you? And we were doing that. We were walking through life. Life was good. Uh, things were the way, you know, we, we, we really couldn't ask for more. And yet there was a nudge. Something happened inside. And it was like Holy Spirit said, get your head up. And so I get my head up. Listen up. And I began to, to kind of say, okay, well, is there something you want to share? And this was one of those times it didn't happen until I really started to make it a priority and put prime space in my life. 
to say, okay, God, I want to know what you, you have for me. I don't want to hear what I want to hear. I want to hear what you want to say. And we became very aware that we were going to be leaving the company that I was with. And, and prior to that, he let us know in very un, unstable times, people were getting laid off and fired. And, and he let us know at that point, you're going to be here. You're going to make it through. And it was supernatural how that happened. So we figured we were there forever. And when this came, it was kind of a, okay. And then God let us know we needed to come to Rome. God has, has directed us at various points, but it's, it's more like we look back on our lives and we see these moments in time where God really, really made it clear to us, but it wasn't because he was making it clear, it was because we were more willing to listen. Does that make sense? And, and I've realized, and I, you know what, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, I've realized finally that I need to turn more attention towards him on a regular basis. And I've known that. I've known that. But I've not practiced it. Not like I've... Not like I've committed to God that I, I want to do, but I need His help to do it. You know, we, we... Debbie and I at times have... We were in a place with people we didn't know and Holy Spirit nudged us both. And I don't know how to, how to explain it any better than that, this nudge. It was just kind of a, not a scary thing, but just a, an awareness. And had us go over to a couple from England we had never met before, had never talked to, never done anything, didn't know anything about them. And... God directed us to say a couple of things and do something for them that was. And we had a choice. I have to tell you, we fought doing this because it's uncomfortable. We're walking up to people we don't know. Doing something that they could question. You know, it wasn't like we were going to go up and hug them and just. But, but God had directed us to do something specific. And we did it. And in front of our eyes, these two people began to weep. And we thought, oh, what have we done? And when they finally stopped, they explained to us. That morning, they had been speaking to each other. They prayed and said, God, we need and, and God had directed Debbie and I to address something and to do something that was exactly what they had talked about. Now, did we know that? No. We didn't need to know what they had prayed. We just needed to know what he had for us to do. And we needed to be courageous enough to step out into the unknown. Listen, if you and I are going to walk in the Spirit, you're going to be stepping out into the unknown to you, but the very much known by God. It's going to... It's going to cause our flesh to be very uncomfortable. Now, if you're looking to be comfortable, you're not going to walk being guided by the Spirit of God. But if you're willing to be divinely uncomfortable, you're going to see God move in your life in a way that you have, I believe every one of us is longed for. But it won't happen until we get out of our comfort zone. 
and we get into that area where we really are relying on God. If God doesn't show up, it's not going to work. You know, today, there are a lot of things we do. And we're supposed to be doing what we do by the power of God in us, by the grace of God. And I don't remember who it was, and I apologize to you for not knowing the, the source. But a Christian writer said, <clears throat> today the church, if the Spirit of God left the church, you might not see any interruptions. It would still go on. But in the book of Acts, and nobody would know the Spirit left. But in the book of Acts, in the beginning of the church, if the Spirit left the church, now I'm not talking about buildings, I'm talking about people, and, and no longer guided and empowered the, the people, everything would stop and everybody would know. That's where we need to be people that is so evident that we're, we're living in a way that is so different than other people. Not weird, but we're, we're empowered. We're imparted to by the Spirit of God. There's knowledge that you are given every day that helps you navigate life because you're being guided by the Spirit of God. It's not not something that just happens automatically. It's something we choose and we fight to keep. Because if we, if we don't fight to keep this, if we don't fight to, to make Holy Spirit one who we are really available to, one we're uh, being guided by and governed by, we're going to slip back into us doing what we can. You know, this morning I am so hoping that, that God is able to make this real in our lives. That there would be a longing, a hungering and thirsting for the Spirit of God, for the things of God, for, for an intimacy and an interaction with God on a level that has never been in our lives. And I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to ask you to just bow your heads. I just want, I just feel really impressed to pray for you. And in, in, I shared this in initially, but in Luke chapter 11, it talks about asking, it'll be given, seek, and you'll find, knock, and it'll be open. And it's speaking about how um, we can trust God. If, if, if a father, if a son asks a father for a loaf of bread, he won't give him a stone. And if he asks for a fish, he won't give him a snake. And we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more so does our Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to us? And if we ask for the Holy Spirit, He'll give us the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're saved, Holy Spirit is there, but ask, ask, ask God to help you today to be more aware, be more sensitive, be more in tune, be more willing to be directed. You know, we sang that in the beginning of the service. This was not just a song to sing. God directed that song to be sung this morning. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Father, we sang that. But we ask right now that it wouldn't be a song. It would be a lifestyle.
Father, I pray for me and I pray for every one of your children here that we would really long, more than we long for anything else, we would long for you. We would, we would be intentional in our intimacy and interaction and relationship with, with you, Father, and you, Lord, through your spirit, the guide, the comforter, one who comes alongside us to help us, to assist, and to lift up and to elevate. Father, our lives, you have for our lives to be elevated, not just the mundane of everyday experience, but walking with the creator of the universe. In interaction and intimacy, you've made that available. Father, help us to make the most of it. Help us to grow. Grow in this every day until we see you or you come. Father, I pray right now that anyone who is currently struggling with fearing that, well, it might happen for everybody else, but it might not happen for me. Father, that's a lie from the enemy. This is your will for them. And so, Father, I thank you for faith rising up. I thank you for hope. You're the God of all hope that fills us with joy and peace and believing that we would abound to even more hope by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask you to fill and flood each one. I ask you to cause hope to rise, a confident expectation of good. And Lord, we pray that this would not be just a moment in time, just an experience. It would become a lifestyle. It would become every day, not mundane, but supernaturally extraordinary. And Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.